get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Thank you so much for being here. Well, inflation, Scott, still running amok. I, I yes. Know, we've all noticed this. We all know this. Well, have you been anywhere? Right. <laughs> I mean, whether it's the grocery store, drugstore, gas station, yeah, movie, it's, whatever. It's pretty, pretty inescapable. Everything costs more. Uh, inflation. Ticketmaster just put a Joe Biden uh, mention at the end of their surcharges. <laughs> Democrat president. Uh, that'll be another. 1999. <laughs> uh, it's worse here than in other Western countries, regardless of how the White House tries to lie to you, saying, well, it's, it's bad everywhere. Well, yeah, there are global inflationary pressures. That's true. But it's acutely felt here in the United States because of energy policy and that $2 trillion stimulus that Biden signed last year. Team Biden said last year this whole thing was transitory. It would pop up a little bit, come back down. Nobody's expecting long-term inflation. Come on. Nah. Well, now they're not using that word transitory. And the White House economist, Jared Bernstein, tried to explain why. And just get ready for this, man. It, it, they actually think that the people listening to this are stupid. They, oh, they yeah. have to think we're idiots. Um, I think it has to do with... Um, the uh, ambiguity about the length of that word is what it has to do with. I think it has to do with the ambiguity about the length of that word. Um, some people hear transitory, and they're going to think weeks and months. Others hear transitory, particularly probably economists who are used to the broader ups and downs of cycles and think longer periods. Uh, and I think the um, lack of specificity about the cadence that were, was implied by that word, the temporal cadence implied by that word, uh, led to a level of ambiguity that, that wasn't serving the, the debate uh, uh, very well. See, you're just too stupid. <laughs> the temporal cadence? <laughs> if, if, has anybody ever said that before in my lifetime? No. Temporal cadence. I, I've I think, never even heard those that, two words put together. That was the unreleased Peter Gabriel album. <laughs> temporal cadence. Temporal yeah. cadence. Yeah. <laughs> what? What a bunch of malarkey. Sorry. McGurkin. (laughs) I use my own word, not Joe's. McGurkin. So basically saying, yeah, yeah, I mean, economists knew what we meant when we said transitory. Even though, dude, a lot of economists were out there last year saying this is not transitory. No, No, it's not transit. Nobody ever believed that. Um, And When has inflation ever been transitory? Right. I mean, give me an example of that. Inflation's inflation. You write it out. Sometimes it lasts months, sometimes years. Yeah. And and so that's where he gets the temporal cadence, oh, temporal cadence <laughs> of the turn that led to amb- ambiguity. Except there was no ambiguity there. No, none. Know, they, they, didn't, they didn't specify uh, an exact time frame, but they were purposefully giving people the impression that it was going to go back down in the fall. Oh, last yeah, sure. year. Yes, yes. I mean, that, yes. that, you want to wonder about, uh, you know, his whole argument there is basically people who aren't really in the know, like the er, experts who keep getting everything right in this administration. Um, they, they, they just didn't understand that when we said inflation or in a, we said transitory, it meant that that could be years potentially because the, the, the wise among us realized that that could be. A couple of years. We understand the cycles better than you, you stump-jumping idiots out in the American public. That's yeah. that's the argument. 
Except, again, they specifically said, ah, yeah, weeks, months. That's why people got the impression that weeks or months would be... Would meant would weeks be, or months. Right. That's what it meant. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, technically, Duh. if you're talking about 104 weeks, that's technically... I, I know it's a couple of years, but they can say that's a matter of weeks, I guess. We're going to... Oh. You know, again, this is, I mean, they place the blame on us. Yes. You people just didn't understand. Yeah, you're, you're just. You're too dumb to understand. You're, you're, it's your fault. You're just not playing at our level. And if you'd really right. listened to us and assumed that the opposite of what we were saying were going to be true, you'd be in good shape right now. Right. I know it's always <laughs> our fault somehow. Yeah, it is. Uh, again, it's president bystander. That's what, that's what Biden is. Everything <laughs> yeah. happens around him and to him. Uh, and there's nothing he can do about it. Gosh, Meanwhile, dang. you know, he did go to Saudi Arabia to beg for oil. He got no commitment, and oil prices went back up because, well, investors are a little bit skittish about what the future holds. So we got nothing for it. The Saudis got that nice little fist bump, though, with Mohammed bin Salman. Uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked uh, what the point of the trip was. If Joe didn't get any solid commitment from the Saudis when it comes to getting more oil on the market, what what exactly did we do here? And just enjoy this piping hot batch of McGurkin stew. But again, we have seen gas prices go down. In, in the past 34 straight days, I'll go down. Dollars a gallon higher than when you guys took office, though. For, first of all, we have to look at the imp- of how we got there, right? We you think about the the war that Russia has taken on in Ukraine, an oh, unmitigated uh, war, and a war that is brutal, uh, and that has had an effect on the price gases going up, almost $2. We have talked about that endlessly. And also, we are also in a once-in-a-generation pandemic. So there are outside factors that has led to gas prices going up, to uh, food food prices going up, to inflation uh, going up. So that is really important. What we have seen in the last 34 days is that gas prices have gone down uh, by 50, on average, by 50 cents per gallon. That matters. That matters to teachers. That matters to firefighters. That matters to nurses. That matters to everyday people and the president is going to continue to do the work to make sure the prices go down you're still talking about a couple dollars more expensive than when they took office yeah and i still go back to the only thing joe biden had to do when he took office was nothing if this guy had just said okay i'm going to keep the lights on uh, maybe i'll try to pass some pet bills maybe i'll tackle guns or abortion right, I'll, I'll mow the lawn i'll or, keep the price right, nice you, you know, know yeah if there were something like that if he had just left everything alone God. we'd be in so much better shape just listening to her just makes me crazy because again i go back to this i mean and, and Ducey touched on it yesterday that was part of that question you know he takes credit for the gas prices going down but it wasn't his fault when they were going up right pick one what is it <laughs> But, you know, you throw out the teachers and the firefighters and whatnot. Well, of course, like you does all, punch and, all the buttons, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, The Views, Joy Behar, one of your favorite. I know you don't like to formulate an opinion on anything until you no, hear from until her. No, I hear from Joy because, I mean, yeah. you talk about, holy cow, my Yoda. That's her. <laughs> well, she <laughs> says Joe Biden had no choice but to go fist bump the Saudi crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, which uh, apparently it's because of Joe Manchin. It's Joe, Joe Manchin's Manchin. fault. Yes. Joe Manchin is the fault, or is Holy to blame, cow. I should say. 
uh, according to Joy Behar. Listen to this. I mean, I do defend Biden quite a bit, I know, but it's like, you know, if Manchin and some of these Republicans would allow uh, uh, the industries just cut back on fossil fuels and get alternative fuels going, Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have to, you know, fist bump this guy, who, by the way, he did say to him, I think that you were responsible for Khashoggi's death, and uh, the guy goes, no. And he says, well, I think you have been. I mean, he did confront him. Mm -hmm. Well, we actually don't know for sure that he did. We don't know that. And I think even the failing New York Times is questioning whether or not he really did confront him about the uh, murder of Jamal Khashoggi. Well, it's not like he was corn pop. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Biden lies all the time. That's true. He he always builds on stories. Oh, yeah. You know. Sometimes tells stories that didn't even involve him. No. But he he winds up taking them on because he's a senile old liar. Right. And he hasn't been senile all his life, but he has been a liar. A liar, all his life. So, yeah, and a failure. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and yeah, he fails up very, very well. Yes, he does. Joe Biden does. Yes, mm-hmm. in spite of the fact that everything around him uh, just constantly fails Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. It's it's your fault. It's my fault. It's but I, I love the gun owners' fault. Right. And, you know, I love this idea though, like with Joy Behar and a lot of other limousine liberals, that somehow it's Joe Manchin, one senator from West Virginia. <laughs> who's holding back this green revolution as if uh, solar, as if wind, as if all of these renewable sources are just ready to hit the ground running. Like we have all the infrastructure for it. It's all it takes is somebody flipping a switch and we don't have to use fossil fuels anymore. That is totally divorced from reality. That is just not how the world works right now. No. And it's not even close. And it's going to be decades before we ever reach a point when the world can run on renewable energies. It's just not feasible right now, and it's not because of just corporate greed or whatever or lobbyists, all of that nonsense. It's because there's a very practical matter. When you want to get something from point A to point B, when you want to keep the lights on in multiple countries around the world, you need petroleum. You need fossil fuel energy, period. That's just the reality. You can whine about it all you want. You can cry while watching your, uh, your I don't know, mood ring slideshow of windmills. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but, that, but that's just the reality of it. Sorry to tell you. Uh, meanwhile, just something on a lighter note here. Somebody on Twitter made this video. It's a real video of Donald Trump doing a bit about liberals banning plastic straws. But this person... On Twitter, aptly named uh, Crackhead Connoisseur, <laughs> great, <laughs> made it seem like the end credits of the show Seinfeld. Oh, Have really? you heard this? No, I haven't. You know, like heard where Jerry Seinfeld's up there, he's doing his last little bit, and you got the credits right. rolling here. Oh, here, here's Seinfeld Trump. They want to ban straws. Has anybody ever tried those paper straws? They're not working. Right? They want to ban straws. I said, well, you know, I've had. A couple of meals at McDonald's, etc. over the years. Wendy's, friend of mine owns Wendy's, I'll give it a plug, right? Burger King. So they want to ban straws. I said, oh, really? What about the carton? What about the plate? What about the knives and the spoons and the plastic? Oh, they're okay. But the straws are going to ban. Has anybody ever tried cheese? The new straws made out of paper, right? It disintegrates as you drink it. If you have a nice tie like this tie, <laughs> this would have no chance. <laughs> That's well done. <laughs> Something to put a smile on your face here. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh, coming up, uh, public school official says, hey, if kids don't want to wear masks at school, then they don't come to school, period. We're still doing this. Here we go again. I can't believe it. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station, News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Just want to do something fun? Find them on our time. The number one site made for singles over 50. It's easy to use and easy to find people who love doing the same things you do. From gardening to wine tasting to just going for a bike ride. Because even doing the simple things are Institute. Call toll free 877-957-7575 or visit wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Thank you so much for being here. I cannot believe, Scott, that in the year 2022, there are still people talking about mask mandates in school. There are oh, still it, people it, talking about remote learning. Yeah, wait till uh, August. I mean, wait till we get there because you're going to see this. I think you're going to see a lot of it, actually. Like, we know how bad this is, we know how damaging this has been. Yeah, we do know. We have all the evidence now. Yes. Why? Why would you continue doing this? So this is a, a particularly infuriating piece of audio from San Diego schools. Uh, they're putting a mask mandate back in place, I guess now for summer school, and then it'll roll over into the fall. And the head of the school district says, hey, kids, you just got to deal with it or don't come. This is the uh, president, they call the head of the public school system, uh, Sharon Whitehurst-Payne, speaking with KUSI in uh, San Diego. Listen to this. For the fall, there are some options. They can go to our uh, school that's online. Um, They can opt not to return to the regular school, but to go to the school where they don't have to go to school at all other than via Zoom. And um, that's the easiest way for folks. What about the summer school? What if they were already enrolled in the summer school and now they get this mask mandate and they're not comfortable with wearing a mask? They really should wear the mask. Uh, If they're not not comfortable, uh, what should they do? They should just let make it known that they don't feel comfortable and at that point just not return. Good Lord. What is going on? I mean, seriously. Who are these people? This is just anti-science control freaks. Golly. There there has not been a single solitary, solid piece of evidence that you got to mask up all these kids in school. Also, I thought we were supposed to be super excited about the, the vaccines for kids. Yeah. Right? And so if everybody's getting vaccinated or whatever, which a lot of younger kids are not, and I understand that completely. Mm-hmm. Then what what is the purpose of this other than, again, to use it as I don't know what are you just power hungry? Are you? Uh, it just doesn't make any sense at this point, and this is one of the reasons why I think a lot of people start to look for nefarious reasons behind this. Because if you're trying to come at this from a logical angle, there isn't one. It no. doesn't make sense. 
You know, you and I were talking yesterday, and I mentioned it to you casually. I hope you're saving your money so you can send your kids to a private school. And you said I am. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Actually, it was at the start of the pandemic that made me start doing this. It was yeah, in the I fall. Mean, you got to get them out of there. Yeah. I mean, you got to get them away from if – you, if you're in a district like that, and not all districts are like that, certainly – but if you're in a district like that, get them out. Yeah. Your and, kids deserve better. And personally, I don't care if it's a district like this or whatever. There were too many school districts that were uh, ignoring the data, that were ignoring what we were seeing in the real world and going off of what Dr. Fauci said, what the CDC said, and the CDC is completely compromised. Uh, yeah, it was in the fall of 2020 that I opened up a special savings account to make sure that either my kids can homeschool or my kids can... Uh, go yeah. to a private school. Yeah, get them out. Um, and at the time, I was saying, you know, I might change my mind, but uh, right now, I don't, I don't see that happening because I, I just right. don't trust government institutions to do what's right. How is it possible that the last ki- the last group of people in this country, to still really be under the thumb of COVID protocols, are the people who are least likely? to have ill effects from COVID. It makes no sense whatsoever. No. And when you can just have a school district, whether it's a mask mandate, whether it's, hey, we're going to go remote for a few days, when you can just have people pull the rug out from under parents, that it's despicable. Yeah. I won't support that institution. I refuse to send my kids to that institution because I don't want to set them up for failure. And right now, I you know, some people could say, oh, it's unfair or whatever. I don't trust a single public education system in this country to do what's no, right for kids. They've proven themselves time and time again not to have earned your trust at all. Yeah. So, just, I, I, No, I, I completely get it. But no, I, I would do, if I had young kids right now, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, this is just on a lighter note. Uh, the why behind this is the interesting part here. KFC is testing new chicken nuggets at a few locations around Charlotte, North Carolina. Maybe it'll be available nationwide. So they'd replace the popcorn chicken they've been selling off and on since 1992. Mm -hmm. Uh, But KFC's head chef talked about the new nuggets, and they're a direct response to millennials and Gen Zers who don't want to eat chicken off the bone anymore. Hmm. Because it's icky. They get their they get their hands dirty. You know, you really got to dig in there. Feel like a carnivore. I'm a, I, listen. Bone in is the only way to go. I'm not afraid of the chicken nuggets. Boneless no. wings, no way. No, but I'm not eight. That's what I think. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I think a chicken. I think kids like them, right? Yeah. They get the, the dipping sauce and all the stuff that goes with it. Yeah. Right. So God. they they say they also want the on the go options of traveling chicken. Bone, the bone in makes me feel unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> it also feels a little transphobic, to be yeah. honest. I, I'm not yeah, sure how, too. but that will, somebody no, will I, connect those dots. For I understand me. what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Uh, coming up here, uh, <laughs> the White House says, "Hey, we're not trying to have it both ways on gas prices, even though they are." We'll get to that next. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. This news. This is Jack Riccardi celebrating 100 years of service on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071.
Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is off today. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, Joe Biden, again, has begged the Saudis for oil, gave them a nice photo op, and all of this after he said he would hold Saudi Arabia accountable for human rights abuses yeah. and make uh, the crown prince a pariah on the international does anybody, stage. Does anybody, <laughs> anybody paying attention to that uh, at yeah. all? Well, there are people kind of excusing it. Golly. I mean, again, it's it's like if you're going to talk tough on the campaign trail, you better yeah. be willing to back it up. And, and Joe yeah. Biden's not. Because, again, he's a liar. He has to be told he said that, though. Right. Uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked whether or not Biden still considered the Saudi crown prince a pariah. And you know what? Uh, she wants to let you know the president has made something very clear. Okay. Which already that strikes one and two because he never makes anything clear. But he made very clear that um, how he how, that he made his views very clear uh, to uh, the crown prince uh, on that uh, during that bilat meeting, and he even said it would be inconsistent, right, for a president of the United States uh, not to uh, speak of our values, uh, not to uh, um, not to talk about human rights, uh, and it would be inconsistent, uh, to be quite frank, of Joe Biden not to do that. So he was very clear uh, about where uh, about where he stood about uh, Jamal Khashoggi's uh, death and murder. He, he mentioned it from the start of their meeting. Uh, and when it comes to, um, you know, his, his, his comments stand. Uh, you know, they, he has uh, he has uh, he has been pretty clear about that, uh, about about um, about where he stands on on the comments that he made during uh, the campaign. I get nervous listening to her. You know, you mentioned that earlier. I do too now. Now that I, you know, it's uneasy. It's an uneasy feeling. You just want to stop it. Right. You want to just say stop, just stop, and and take her off the stage and just stop. You just keep digging. I mean, that's the first sign, right? If you're in a hole, stop digging. Just (laughs) keeps going. It just it, every time I hear her speak now, and especially yeah. especially when it's an obviously uncomfortable position that right. the White House is in, right? You're begging the Saudis for oil, but at the same time, you're trying to appease the journalists in Washington who really, really, really care about the death of Jamal Khashoggi. And, you know, so it's hard to spin your way out of that one. But she's also not very good at what she does, you know, even when she no. has the convictions behind whatever it is that she's saying. It feels like bring your daughter to work day, every day. And she's this poor, like, 12-year-old who did pretty well in middle school debate club. Like, not, mm-hmm. not a first-place yeah. finish, but, you know, maybe, like, uh, third or fourth runner-up, something like that. She's still got the participation ribbon, but she's trying to uh she's trying to be eloquent in a delivery that uh, of a message that just isn't defensible and she just spins and spins and spins and it just goes and goes and goes and goes it's like sometimes when you have a bad minister at a church yeah and like six minutes into it you realize you're in for the long ride but you don't want to be and you just stop listening it's just noise then yeah and it it just goes on and on and on and on you're looking at your watch and you're getting nervous and it's like oh my god i got to get out of here and but that's how i feel with her it's like please wrap it up just say just say i don't know and move on or <laughs> whatever right I just, mean, just say just say i'm in already okay right, yeah okay yeah just i'm done let's go i don't even know what you're saying anymore it's all charlie's brown parents in my ear and wah 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 just 
God, make it stop. Yeah. Meanwhile, the White House is also bragging about gas prices coming down a little bit, even though we're still in that historically high phase. And most people seem to think next month we'll be right back up to historical highs. Yeah. Uh, when, but, you know, and you've brought this up a lot. When gas prices go up, Joe Biden blames big oil, gas station owners, and Vladimir Putin. And when they yeah. come down, he takes the credit. Right. Uh, even if it's a bit of, mira- of a mirage. So White House economist Jared Bernstein was asked about that. Hey, aren't you kind of trying to have it both ways here? It's not his fault in one case, but it is his doing if they come down. It's like, right. don't blame us for the bad things, but let us take credit for the good things. And he says, no, we're not trying to play both sides of this at all. Why would you have that idea? Uh, look, I think that uh, that, that uh, it, it, there's there's no both-way thinking here at all. I think that uh, there has been uh, a consistent, uh, uh, I think, pressure on, on this White House to try to do everything it could to ameliorate inflationary pressures. And the president has reacted uh, from the beginning, talking about how this was such an important priority uh, to uh, uh, alleviate these pressures on behalf of the American people. So what did he do? He put his head down and got to work and got us to work to do everything we could to achieve that goal. He then presided over the largest historical release of uh, barrels of oil from the Strategic Reserve, 180 million barrels. Then he talked to global partners to get them to kick in uh, another 60 million. So we made ourselves strategically worse off. Mm-hmm. In the case of a war, for example, which is what the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is for, devastating earthquake, devastating hurricane, war, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really didn't have much of an effect on the prices. No. You could be going the deregulation route. You could be saying, all right, we're, we're going to leave the green weenie people in the dust and we're going to go ahead and recognize the reality that the world still runs on fossil fuels and we're going to try to prop them up as best we can. But instead, what you're doing is you're putting oil companies in a position where they're not going to make multi-billion dollar investments that are long-term when they know that the goal of one political party in this White House in particular is to put them out of business within a decade, which is already pretty unrealistic, but that's yeah. what they keep talking about. Like, yeah, well, everybody's going to be driving electric cars or whatever. What's going to power the electric cars? Hmm. Hmm. Where's that electricity coming from? Yeah, because you're talking about rolling blackouts already. Yeah, so. no, nobody talks about plan uh, the part two of the plan. Right? It's always part one. It's like, okay, part one is we're going to do away with the oil and gas industry. Uh, part three is that we're going to stop global warming and uh, save the plan, and everybody's going to drive an electric car. Part two of the plan is just one giant question mark. Nobody really knows how that's going to work. Nobody knows how to actually sustain... Uh, our national economy, much less a global economy, when you get rid of the oil and gas industry or just completely uh, kneecap their ability to do what they do best. Nobody ever knows. And then they get mad at you when you ask questions about it. Those messy, messy details getting in the way again. Right. But yeah, but again, I mean, they'll say, well, the messaging is the problem. Right. There, there is no messaging, as you just pointed out. Yeah. What is, what is the second phase look like? Yeah. No, who knows? I mean, the second phase, what it looks like is a lot of people die. Literally, yeah. a lot of people die through mass starvation. You know, interesting. Somebody, again, leave it to social media. But there was somebody that was I was engaging with, I can't remember what it was, but they were talking about the end of fossil fuels and the oil and gas industry, and electric cars and all this stuff. 
They said, how many times will it happen that somebody in the neighborhood has plugged their car in overnight and a bunch of kids are going to go by and unplug it for the heck of it because it won't start right. in the morning? Yeah. I mean, you know, this is this can happen everywhere, right? Oh, yeah. I never even thought about that before, but I'm like, yeah, if you don't plug it in right or the power goes out or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't get to work the next day because your car's not charged? Yeah, and you can't. It's not like, oh, my gosh, I'm on E and I'm going on fumes. I need to yes. coast down to the gas station and fill right. up. You're talking about waiting for quite some time to get that thing rolling. Right. Again, the technology's just not there. It, it's, it's coming along, but it's not there. And the idea that they are pushing this energy transition this quickly is a fool's errand. And, again, literally means mass starvation around the world if you try to put whatever it may be nitrogen caps on farmers like the dutch farmers are protesting right now you know when you make these goals before there is something ready to replace it uh you're going to kill off a lot of people maybe that is their goal i don't know Uh, maybe i'm not going to go put on the tinfoil hat and say oh they want to kill everybody but you know if that was the goal then i don't know what they'd be doing any differently than all of this uh, Democrats are back on this idea of expanding the Supreme Court. They're putting forth legislation in the House of Representatives to add four we... justices to the Supreme Court. No, no. Yeah. Well, they're, they're mad that the current court is telling them a lot of their ideas are illegal. Mm-hmm. They don't see it that way. So instead of passing legal laws, they just want to add a bunch of liberal activists to the court. And one of your favorites, Rashida Tlaib, She's fantastic. spoke about this. And said, you know, if Republicans had the opportunity to expand the Supreme Court, they'd do it in a heartbeat. Even though they did have the opportunity to do it, and they didn't. Weird how that works, huh? Weird projection here. Here's Rashida. The other side would not hesitate once to do what we're about to do. Again, it's incredibly important. We must continue to protect our democracy that is reflective of the majority of the American people. And right now, six unhinged, unelected Supreme Court justice is literally telling women... (laughs) They have no control over their bodies. Oh, no, no, they didn't say that. They didn't say that. And it's kind of weird to have a, you know, when we've had this national conversation for years after Donald Trump about turning down the temperature of the rhetoric. Okay, there was an attempted assassination of one of those six unhinged justices. And you got a member of Congress out there saying, yeah, these unelected people taking away our rights. They didn't take away anything. They, they actually gave up their own authority to legislate with the, with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. That's what the Supreme Court did. And you, know, you got all of these leftists out there saying that this is a uh, fascist Supreme Court or whatever. It's like, well, that's not how fascism works. Fascists don't give up power. They don't say, you know what, we don't have the authority to dictate what all 50 states do. They would say, no, actually, we do, and we're going to add a little bit more to our current portfolio. Anyway, here's more from Rashida Tlaib. They're telling communities like mine they don't have a right to breathe clean air, that profits come before them (laughs) and their public health and their lives. And so, again, it is so important that we move with urgency. My residents, I know many of our residents, they don't have another day, another year, another, you know, term, another election to wait for transformative change. This is our time. We were in control. Let's act like it. Uh Uh-huh. Good luck with that. Good luck. Wow. They're going to keep pushing this, though. That's the thing. You you start talking like that, and you just, I I don't know why. I mean, I think any movement's goal 
is to attempt to win hearts and minds. Yeah. To, to get somebody to change their minds or to flip based on your solid argument you bring. Not that hysterical, nutjobby stuff. It just never works. But I, I think you just you just screech about stuff and you lie about it and 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 you say and the dog hasn't caught the car, you know, so anyway. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I think the issue that they're running into is that in the faculty lounge and yeah. in the coffee shops and whatnot. That type of hysteria works to win hearts and minds because people don't want to be seen as being on the wrong side of history. Yeah, I suppose whatever. there is some validity to that, yes. <laughs> but in the real world, it doesn't work. That's what's great about voting. You go in there, no one knows who you vote for. Yeah. No one's looking over your shoulder. Nobody's cajoling you to vote for someone else. You know, I mean, it's just, I, I hear that stuff and I just immediately just turn off when you start screeching about. Oh, yeah. You know the the planet burning to the ground because of the Supreme Court, yeah, the or hell? Joe Manchin, or Joe Manchin. Yeah. Yeah. It's Joe Manchin's fault that the Jeez. planet is going to end. Oh no! <laughs> Who knew he had that kind of power? Sitting right there in West Virginia, it's amazing. Jeez. Coming up, uh, Biden tweets, "Hey, you're welcome for twenty five bucks a month." By the way, <laughs> that's on me. Don't spend it all in one place. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. How long does it take to tackle a home project? With Angie, you could cross it off your list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need. Indoor or outdoor, repair or redesign. And we handle the rest. Sending a top pro to get it done. You don't have to lift a finger, except to tap the screen or click the mouse. Plus, Angie is free to use. So bring us your next home project, and we'll bring it home. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com to get started. Innovation. Resilience. Agility. It's how Michigan businesses work together and continue to build the future. Our expertise, talented workforce, and collaborative environment are making a difference now and shaping the future. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio to put your plans in motion. That's michiganbusiness.org slash radio. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-683-7713. That's 1-800-683-7733. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-683-7733. That's 1-800-683-7733. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquo.com slash commercials. Hey there, it's Lars Larson. Glad to celebrate 100 years of service on News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. 
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Thank you so much for being here. I, <laughs> President Biden decided he was going to try to take a, a, a victory lap because gas is down to, on average, about $4.50 a gallon. Yeah, that's good. I know that's like significantly well, that, higher than it was when he took office, but he's saying, hey, look, I'm. it's not quite as bad as it had been. Well, you know, the thing that pisses me off about all this, and it's just today we're seeing all this, is him doing the end zone dance yeah. after we've been told for weeks that Joe Biden had nothing to do with the price of uh, gas astronomically rising. Right. Nothing. Uh, Wasn't his policy, his energy policy, or lack thereof. No, no, no. It was Russia. Well, it's also the greed of big oil. and the Well, yeah. Well, and the greed that. of mom-and-pop corner stores. They're just <laughs> jacking up prices for no good reason. Right. Uh, he wrote on Twitter, gas prices have been dropping for 34 straight days, about 50 cents a gallon. That saves the average uh, driver about 25 bucks a month. I know those Shoot extra dollars and cents yeah. mean something. It's breathing room. No, it's not. 25 bucks is breathing room a month? No, it's not. $25 a month is not breathing room. God, you've been better just be quiet. I know it's it's more just like it, it, it's more like hey, look, we if you wanted to try to spin it, it's hey, we recognize that uh, gas prices are still unacceptably high. They have been coming down for the last thirty four days, and we're working with our partners and allies to figure out how to get it down even lower for You're the hired. American consumer. You're hired, Van Camp. Period. I mean, that's right. what you Speech say. Speeches for him. Yes, you, you don't have. Of course, well, I mean, geez, if I wrote that down for him, what would it come out as? <laughs> Not as you wrote it. Right. I mean, that, that, there is a messenger problem there. but <laughs> That's true. I, yeah. I would not be trying to do the end zone dance No, right absolutely now, but, not, because it's ridiculous. Nobody believes it. But they're, they're shameless liars. Yeah. It's terrible. I uh, saw this. A marriage therapist is uh, giving you some advice, Scott. Secret well. to a more perfect union. <laughs> okay. It's a difference between active responsibility and passive responsibility. Do you want to hear her explain this? I would love to. All yes. right, here you go. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe just sit back. Maybe you could learn something. All okay. Right. Active responsibility would be you looking around the house for things that you could do and taking responsibility for the things that need to happen within the house. Passive responsibility, being available to help, but waiting for somebody to tell you what needs to be done. When it comes to household chores and childcare, which one are you doing? Are you taking passive responsibility or active responsibility for the things that need to get done? This is one of the top things that I hear from women as a complaint, saying that their husbands are waiting for them to tell them what needs to be done. And they're really looking for a partner in life who is actively responsible for the house and for the children and not waiting for their wife to tell them what to do. Well, here's what I can say. Uh huh. What I can say is, a lot of times, I don't see a problem with the current structure. So I don't know there's a problem. And then you tell me there is one, and then I might be able to correct that problem. But when I look at something, I, say, I don't see the problem. Just be just be a mind reader, Scott. It's not that hard. San Antonio's yeah, news, traffic, and weather show. station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. 
Select Quote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 683 7713. That's 1 800 683 7733. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1 800 683 7733. That's 1 800 683 7733. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. If you've ever... Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. <laughs> the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Uh, two All right, things. what's so funny, Van Camp? What's two so things funny? Just, just going through my ears right now. I've got insanity in my headphones. Yes. Uh, I'm hearing you, and we'll have to get to this audio a little bit later. It's uh, Rand Paul versus... Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, it's like round, what, 11? Something yeah. like that? <laughs> Rand's jumping off the top rope again. Right, talking about natural immunity, talking about the boosters for children. I also just saw this, uh, and it just uh, just to let you know why I'm laughing here, I see this picture on social media, and you've got three kids laying down, and bikes are on top of them. And the caption is, the kids are doing it too, hashtag Bidening. This is all over the place right now. Because <laughs> he tumbled off the bike. Yeah, people are going to the actual spot where it happened, yeah. too, and taking their picture. Yeah. And, and <laughs> with the bike laying on top of them. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw that somebody rode on sidewalk chalk, or with sidewalk chalk. Joe fell here. Joe fell here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's where we are right now in the United States of America. Also... <laughs> The White House is still saying that inflation will magically go away, and they're doubling down on the energy policies that are crushing Americans right now. Uh, White House economist Jared Bernstein was asked why we should believe that it'll all be fine, considering that they've gotten everything totally wrong. You know, again, it's not just like, oh, you, you thought you were able to achieve X, but then Y happened, and so now we have a, a worse result. They try to spin it that way. That's what the whole Putin's price hike was. Uh-huh. Except economists outside the White House and outside of Biden-friendly media were saying, look, I, th- we're in a lot of trouble. And part of that is because of the energy policies and then also uh, the Fed not hiking rates quickly enough and that $2 trillion stimulus package that Joe signed, uh, the first big thing he signed as president. But the White House economist, Jared Bernstein, is is saying don't worry about what happened in the past okay just we gotta we gotta move forward all right that's it i'm wondering how much faith can the american public put in future white house assessments about the economy about inflation um, after they saw that inflation number increase month after month and before the russian well let me say two things first of all um i tried to answer as fulsomely as i could some of that part of that question earlier uh, but let me ask you to focus on what we're trying to talk about today, which is something that is happening in the here and now. Just, hey, you're living in the past, man. 
Yeah, just like Joe Biden after uh, when he did that one interview with, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Lester Holt on NBC. Yeah. Oh, geez, yeah. And Lester Holt was asking about people literally clinging to the side of an aircraft leaving Afghanistan and falling from it to their deaths. Mm-hmm. And he said, that was four or five days ago. Okay? We're, we're moving forward. Yeah. That's it. So don't just ignore everything else. The, the issue I take with this when you hear Jared Bernstein saying, hey, look, no, 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 we're, I'm trying to be as fulsome as possible with what we got wrong in the past. No, the issue is not what you did in the past. It's because, you know, you can't fix that. You can't change it. It's already done. I get that. But when the question is, why should we believe anything you say? Because everything you say is going to happen, well, the opposite actually happens in real life. So you have no credibility, and that's what he doesn't want to address. It's because, he's again, we had the report last week. How many people uh, in the White House who are running economic policy and energy policy actually have experience in the real world? And what is it, the average is under four years yes. of time yeah. in the private sector? <laughs> yes. Everybody yes. else... They've spent more time in college. They've spent right. more time in the faculty lounge than they have in the real world. And that's why yeah. everything falls apart, because theory is one thing. But theory oftentimes does not work in the real world. But, I mean, that, that it's the same phenomenon, speaking of Afghanistan, the same thing we saw when they were saying, well, the Taliban's going to have to decide who they are. Because, you know, the world is watching, and we've sent letters to them. You know, that that works fine in your nerdy little model UN class, but it, it doesn't work that way in the real world. They will. The not Taliban come to knows us. exactly who they are, right? They, and they'll show it to you in just a matter of moments. Yeah, they're they're pretty upfront Idiots. about who they are. No, they don't give a flying <laughs> flip who's watching. Right? They've never cared. Right? Jeez, you guys. So, I know these Ivy League nerds, though. Man, yes, get the Ivy League dorks out of my government. Oh, please. Yes. Right now. People who've actually accomplished something and done something. Yes. You know, this rankles me, too. Like, you always get the person who doesn't have children telling you how to raise kids. Uh Uh-huh. Or the person who has no clue what it is your job is all about, but tells you that what you're doing is wrong. Yeah. But this this exists everywhere. Now it's infiltrated our government at a high percentage of these knuckleheads who've never accomplished or achieved anything ever that are now running your life or trying to god yeah i mean there's nothing wrong with getting a fancy degree but you got to actually prove that you've applied it in the real world and and none of these people have and i think i think everybody if they work for the government everybody has to have some sort of history of doing something other than school right yeah, paper route, bailing hay, working at Burlington Coat Factory, what, whatever, right? I mean, some something where you actually mingled with people who aren't Ivy Leaguers and might think differently than you and might even object to whatever you think. It's just, You're right, though, David. That rankles me to no end. Yeah. Randy Weingarten, go tell your kids, oh, that's right, you don't have any. <laughs> But I mean, they, have, they have a lot of experience in classrooms, though. Right, know, in but, classrooms, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, and, and and then you got this situation going on where Joe Biden was begging the Saudis for oil and got no commitment from them. 
So he humiliated himself on the world stage and got nothing for it. And oil prices went back up. So, again, uh, we're in a worse position now than before the old fist bump. Uh, the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, was asked what the point of the trip was if Joe didn't get any solid commitment from the Saudis when it comes to getting more oil on the market. Uh, and here's what she had to say. I just read out earlier, uh, Peter, of all of the things that had occurred uh, that we, some of the um, uh, the do-outs or the some of the things that uh, we were able to get done uh, during this trip. Look, I want to let's step back for a second and talk about um, what the president was trying to do on this trip. If you look at this region, the Middle East, it's a critical uh, region. Uh, the president, his intent was to make sure that there was not a vacuum uh, in the region so that you didn't have China and Russia stepping in, trying to fill uh, that vacuum. And so it's important uh, for for the United States uh, to, to make sure that we're having those conversations, direct leader uh, to leader conversations, uh, and, that we, uh, and that we talk about our national security, we talk about food security, we talk about climate change. All are issues that important uh, to the American family. And so as as it relates to the oil production, I talked about and and Jared talked about what OPEC OPEC plus did early in June. Uh, We are we are confident that we will we will be able to measure uh, how the success of of those conversations that the president had in the next several weeks. Again, man, it is just it is all this theory right we oh well we had constructive conversations to let everybody Mm -hmm. know okay again when you're talking about something like the kingdom of saudi arabia when you're talking about the chinese when you're talking about the russian government they don't care how well you did in model un what matters to them is money what matters to them is power and you can sign as many sternly worded letters as you want and put out as many stupid statements but the reality is when Joe Biden went over there after talking so much smack about Mohammed bin Salman and then gives him the old fist bump, the, the, the world sees that as him making the American president his female dog. That's what happened. And it does, I mean, it doesn't matter if you put out some sort of statement or you, oh, well, we have these assurances and we think that after writing them nice letters or whatever... Uh, we're going to see some sort of commitment on down the road. That's not how it works. No. I hope um, I'm wrong about that. but no, I, well, you're not. I mean, world leaders look at this guy and laugh. They have to. Oh, yeah. They have to. Yeah. They have to wonder what happened to the United States. Have they lost their collective minds? Right. This is the guy? Can't put his sentence together? Shakes hands with the air? I mean, you know, this yeah. this guy yeah. is who I'm sitting face-to-face with, talking to? I mean, at some point in time, you can't end zone dance on it because it feels wrong. <laughs> feels like, like you took advantage of this of the kid who. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it it does. Right. You know, I, I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, did you hear what he said last night? I guess he went after him a little bit. He huh? did. This was this is rare. It's on, it's, it's on late night of. TV. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon actually made a joke at the expense of Biden and Anthony Fauci. Oh boy. This is wild. I read that Dr. Fauci said that he plans to retire by the end of President Biden's term. Mm-hmm. And then everyone turned to Biden like, is there anything you'd like to announce too? <laughs> of course, once he's gone, Fauci will be replaced by a new, slightly weaker variant. Oh. <laughs> 
It's a, a, you know, I wonder how much it actually hurt the writer to put that joke down on paper. He's not as bad as Kimmel. Oh, no. Kimmel yeah, Kimmel's horrible. Yeah. Uh, he'll, he'll never do it. No. No. Colbert will never really do it. Yeah, he won't. If he goes uh, after I'm, Biden, you know, it, it's always from, you know, high on mountain judgment. Right. That's it, where he's trying to feel morally superior. It's never actually in a funny way, at least that time. I wonder if that's another sign that, like, things are really turning out there if you've got mainstream late-night TV saying, okay, it's safe to go after this guy now. Well, another key, too, is the audience was laughing. Right. They yeah, were going, oh. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, the CEO of Starbucks explains why they had to close stores. Well, I know why. We know why, but it's yeah. interesting to hear him say it. We'll get to it next. This is Joe Reinagle celebrating 100 years of service. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. With Angie, you could cross your next project off your to-do list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need, and we'll handle the rest. Sending a top pro to get it done. Or browse reviews, compare quotes from pros, and connect instantly. All for free. For everything from routine maintenance to a dream remodel. Because however you want your project done, we'll get it done. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com to get started. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-683-7713. That's 1-800-683-7733. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-683-7733. That's 1-800-683-7733. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. How about we grab a picnic and hang out by the lake? How about we go for a walk? How about we play tennis? Looking for people who just want to do something fun? Find them on Our Time, the number one site made for singles over 50. It's easy to use and easy to find people who love doing the same thing you do. From gardening to wine tasting to just going for a bike ride. Because even doing the simple things are better together. Start for free today on OurTime.com. The brutal San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Thank you so much for being here. Well, we talked about this a little bit earlier. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Starbucks is closing some stores in Seattle and Portland, other big liberal cities, because crime is just too big of an issue. And we're hearing from the CEO, Howard Schultz, about why, as if we needed an explanation. Okay. All right. This guy. All right. <clears throat> Go ahead. <laughs> now, Ari Hoffman from our great Seattle affiliate, 570 KVI, got this. 
as uh, Howard Schultz is talking about meetings he's had with people running other Starbucks locations. And here's part of what he had to say. It has shocked me that one of the primary concerns that our retail partners have is their own personal safety. And then we heard the stories that go along with it about what happens in our bathrooms. The issue of mental illness, the issues of homelessness, and the issues of crime. And Starbucks is a window into America. We have stores in every community, and we are facing things in which the stores were not built for. And so we're listening to our people and closing stores, and this is just the beginning. There are going to be many more. And I I must say, In my view, uh, at the local, state, and federal level, these governments across the country and leaders, mayors and governors and city councils, have abdicated their responsibility in fighting crime and addressing mental illness. All right. Yes, Scott, the floor is yours. Well, that part he's right about. They have. However, Dopey, you're the one that said, well, we won't discriminate. We'll allow people to come in there and use our bathrooms whenever they want. What do you think was going to happen, Howard? The the ne'er-do-wells and dregs and drug users are going to go into the bathroom and just stay there. It's an open-air drug market, you dope. And it's happening in all these markets. You were like, well, we won't kick people out if they come in. And they... Okay, well, there you go. Now you got the local franchise guys going, and we can't keep this up. We can't do it. We've got people using, shooting up, vomiting, defecating in my stores. I can't have this. Well, you can't come out, kick them out because Howard said no. Yeah. Gosh dang, man. What do you think? I mean, what do you think is going to happen? What, what, what this is is that progressive values fail always. Always. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes it can happen overnight. But it, it does fail because it doesn't address reality. It never addresses reality. You know, if, if you have somebody who's shooting up heroin, I want that person to get help. I really do. Well, I do, too. I want that person to get help. But I don't want them in my business's bathroom. Right. Helping them is not giving them free needles. Helping them is not no. saying, oh, yeah, we're not going to bother you if you're shooting up or selling outside of a store or, in the case of Starbucks, inside the dang Inside store. the store. So that that's not helping anybody. And that's why it fails. It, 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 in, it encourages lawless behavior and anarchy. And so I, I think we're on the same page on that part. When you hear Howard Schultz, you understand where he's coming from if he says, yeah, local leaders have abandoned the people they're supposed to be you know, watching yeah. over or serving. Uh, they have. That's very true. But, Howard, you're part of the problem, too. You are a huge part of the problem. And, and there is a responsibility on the part of people who run businesses and people who own major companies to, to, to take care of business as well. And it's not to uh, acquiesce or lay down for the Twitter mob. I'm sorry for whatever happened in Philadelphia a few years ago where the cops were called on a couple of dudes who weren't who were loitering in a store. Yeah. But you don't have to create and implement dangerous policy as a result of media and social media driven outrage. You don't. You no. can say, and- "Hey, we're going to handle that particular situation, but otherwise we're not we're not changing any policy." You have to understand too the small minority of the people that are leading you around by the nose. Yeah. 
It's a small slice of life. They're loud. They screech a lot. Yeah. They jump up and down a lot. But it's a small minority of people. Yeah. And too many Damn, people man. just listen to it. Too many they people do. think over that. Over and okay, over again. Yeah. And, and, and some of it is because, uh, again, and I'll just say it again, uh, the arguments from the woke left activist group, uh, the arguments are always exactly the same as the arguments from an abusive spouse which is if you don't do what I want I'm going to kill myself. That's oh, yeah. what that's what they say. That's what they say with trans activism. You want kids to kill themselves. That's what they say uh when it comes to things like defunding the police, you want people to die. It's always emotional blackmail, always. And yeah. that's a sign of an abusive relationship and it's time that we file a divorce from these people, okay? Because yeah, they get them they cannot drive policy anymore. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Uh, biggest story of the day, of course, is the economy and the Biden White House trying to do a victory lap over uh, <laughs> gas prices that are still pretty dang high. So, so well, we got a little bit more audio to get to on that. Also, the middle class is falling behind. No big surprise there. Uh, and the RNC has dropped just this brutal montage of Joe Biden. Uh, I'm sorry, we're told it's a stutter, right? That's what we were it's told. not. It's not senility. It's a stutter. No, that's it's just okay. That's like it, it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. <laughs> is right. That, is that really what they're gonna they're gonna try to? And by the way, us? people who have stutters in this country, I feel for you. I really do. It's a terrible thing. I feel bad that they're using you to try to de- define Joe Biden. Oh yeah. No, that's it's, it's that's a problem. We'll it's get not to that stutter. and much yeah. more coming up. This is Nora O'Donnell from CBS News. Congratulations to KTSA on 100 years of service to my hometown of San Antonio and South Texas. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. He'll be back later on this week. Uh, he's trying to find uh, uh, an electric vehicle, uh, as I understand. Is that what he's doing? Yeah, okay. he's trying to find one that'll match his price point. No, not really. He's, <laughs> he's building electric vehicles. That's what he's, doing. <laughs> he's got a kit. It's one of those kit cars you get. Yeah, right. Did you hear this? Okay, so so gas prices, of course, have come down a little bit, but they are still uncomfortably high uh, for most of us in America. Um, and the Biden White House is going back to the old thing of just buy an electric car. Okay, If you do that, it, everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. It's not, but uh, anyway, Amos Hochstein is a, is a White House official. It's with the State Department, I believe. Uh, he says, hey, look, we need to stop oil and gas projects altogether. You know, we can't have long-term uh, oil and gas industry projects going on because that goes against our green vision for the future. So it's about making a choice between what is the short term and the medium term so that we can make sure we have enough oil and gas to support us through the transition and what are the kind of steps that we don't want the oil and gas industry to take that would have long-term consequences when we don't want uh, new major projects that would take 20, 30 years to, to become profitable. So we have to make that differentiation to make sure that the American consumer has what it needs 
to grow to gl grow our economy and the global economy, but not take steps and endanger the climate uh, work that we're trying to do to make sure that we're on a better footing to accelerate the transition. Remember that anytime they say there's nothing the White House is doing uh, to stop oil and gas production, because that's exactly. what it is. That was my thought bubble as well. I mean, th these... what are you saying right there? What's the message you have for oil exploration and investment? None. Yeah. You've already said this is the way you, you wean ourselves from it. What in the hell is going on? Yeah, I mean, that, that's... That doesn't... No, I, it, it makes sense when you realize that, uh, you know, they're basically just communists who want to get rid of the uh, low-cost availability of transportation for millions of Americans and, in fact, billions of people around the world. It's, this is by design. They want to bring us to our knees because that's the only explanation that actually makes sense. It's, well, it's either that or they are actually that stupid that they don't realize that the world runs on petroleum and will for the foreseeable future. And so when you have a, a person within the White House who is leading on energy, who is talking about uh, energy regulations, saying we don't want people to plan 20, 30 years out, speaking about oil and gas companies, that's what they do. They make long-term investments because they think, yeah, it's going to pay off in the long run if we do this now. Well, they're not going to commit to doing that, which also keeps prices high if they know that the government's going to shut them down within the next five to ten years. And you keep hearing about this acceleration of this transition. Acceleration of what transition? That transition mm -hmm. isn't, isn't feasible right now. Now, I thought this was very telling. Uh, Representative Thomas Massey uh, was uh, addressing Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg about this talking point of just go buy an electric vehicle. And th this is very satisfying to hear because I love seeing reality run up against ideology like this. Mm -hmm. The average uh, household uses 17% of their electricity for air conditioning. And um, that would mean the average household uses 1,870 kilowatt hours per year for air conditioning. If that average household plugged in electric cars, do you know how much more electricity they would use in comparison to the air conditioning that air conditions their whole house? No, but again, I would emphasize it will well, let be me help less you. Let me help you overall. with that first before we go on, because the numbers are important. It would take four times as much electricity to charge the average household's cars as the average household uses on air conditioning. Do you think that could be so if we reach the goal by 2030 that Biden has of a 50 percent adoption instead of 100 percent adoption? That means the average household would use twice as much electricity charging one of their cars as they would use for all of the air conditioning that they use for the entire year. The average. Uh... I mean, putting it in those terms. Yeah. Is fascinating because, you know, Pete Buttigieg comes back and he tries to go with the talking points. Well, we still think it would be cheaper, yada, yada, yada. But if the goal of getting everybody to drive an electric vehicle is to stop emissions, where do you think a lot of that power is coming from? See, I get asked that question all the time. And I get asked the question that was just asked. You know, I'm looking at my bill, my electric bill, which is doubled, Yeah. by the way. And I say to myself, if I had an electric car, how much would this be? Right. 
Well, you're not putting gasoline in your car. That's not my question. Right. My question is, how much more is this going to cost me? Right. I mean, I mean, they they act like energy rates are something that's always stable. Like, yes. Like that. Oh yeah, the price of your electricity in your house is going to be a flat line, whereas uh, the price of gas is very volatile, can go up, can go down, based on what's happening around the world and who's uh, in office at any given time. Well, no, we've all had a rude awakening that energy prices can go up very quickly. And you're not the only one who's seen energy costs double. I mean, I'm trying to think about... uh, you know, Joe likes to talk about the middle class, right? Let's talk about a person who makes $40,000 a year, has yeah. three kids, and suddenly his house costs, it costs him 400 bucks to keep it cool in the summer. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a lot of money, and you're asking him to start plugging in a car now yeah. to add to that. Yeah. And you're telling him that that's actually cheaper, while at the same time, He's having his energy provider and local officials warning about rolling blackouts. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And it, 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 I, I only come away with the conclusion that they are either complete imbeciles or they do want the pain. They want people to suffer because it primes them for whatever they have next. And I know I feel like this crazy conspiracy theorist when I throw that out there, but give me a better explanation because the whole thing about... A green revolution is not a satisfactory explanation at all. I think it should also be noted that there are people in the uh, Biden administration who are pushing these green energy uh, uh, programs and whatnot who stand to make a lot of money off of it. Yeah. So, you know, there is also the grifter aspect of it. But enough on that. Uh, The RNC, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, dropped this brutal montage of Joe Biden. You know, I want to hear this. I've not heard this. Talking about, you know, these Ivy League dorks that are running the show right now, and it's all headed up by a guy who can barely get a sentence out of his mouth. This is fantastic. Uh, so here is uh, just a, a quick sampling of the montage they put together of uh, Joe Biden's, oh, wait, are, are we still going with the stuttering thing? Well, it's a stutter, we're it's mocking not, people who stutter. It's a, it's a stutter, no, not we're not. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway, from, from, uh, uh, Char- excuse me, from Charlotte, one uh, another line going from in, in Florida, down to Tampa. Of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. Here we go. I was going to put him in uh, foot, foot. Here's what drives the driver uh, in the states that are affected. Here's what the, you can do, the drivers. There you go. That's our president, Stunning. man. Stunning. Stunning. And, and Democrats are like, you know what? We just have a messaging issue right now. That's the problem. Everything else is going great. Trump had Kofevi. Ha, 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 ha. So what? He's slow. He's he's mentally handicapped. He's cough <laughs> heavy. <laughs> yeah. But did you see the brutal poll from CNN? When from CNN. From CNN. Okay. Wow. Okay. The least uh, trusted name in news. Okay. <clears throat> right. Uh, this survey finds the public's outlook on the state of the of uh, the country rather is worst it's been since 2009. 
the view on the economy in particular is the worst since 2011. And nearly 7 in 10 say that President Biden has not paid enough attention to the nation's most pressing problems. You know, we talk about that every day. They want to talk about transgender bathrooms and giving kids sex change operations. They want to talk about Roe v. Wade. They want to talk about all these other things that most Americans just aren't seeing or impacted by on a day-in and day-out basis while they're opening up credit card accounts to pay for groceries. Yeah, that, yeah they're not paying attention to the right things. You know, uh, Biden's approval rating in the poll stands at 38% now. Uh, his approval ratings for handling the economy is at 30%. Um, and, yeah, rising costs are a primary economic pressure for most Americans. 75% call inflation and the cost of living the most important economic problem facing their family. Of course it is. And here's the thing. When you look at the Democratic Party, his own voters, yet again, are softening on him. It's uh, softened by 13 points since the spring down to 73%. While his numbers among independents and Republicans held about even, it's way in the basement there. Uh, among people of color, 45% now approve of Biden's overall performance, down from 54% in the spring. That's a six-point dip among black adults and a nine-point decline among Hispanic adults. Yeah. Not surprising whatsoever. So then you think, okay... Well, what what what's the good news? Democrats are like, well, people still like Kamala, right? Kamala Harris, uh, she's no, waiting no, in the wings. No, no, oh, no, no. no. Uh, right now, Joe Biden, uh, his favorability uh, is at thirty six percent. Hers is at thirty two. Wow, thirty two percent. Yeah, because she's unlikable. Both people have something in common. The more they talk, the worse it gets. Right. I mean, seriously. I wonder what his approval would be like at this point if he had basically just said, "Okay, we're gonna uh, we're gonna just lay back. We're going to let the economy work itself out. We'll do a couple of ribbon cuttings or whatever. We'll open a Denny's, you know, somewhere, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, we'll we'll do some ceremonial things. But we're just gonna let this thing work itself out. I bet his approval would be through the roof. I bet I bet there wouldn't be a question about whether or not he was going to run for president again. But you know, he let the dorks in the White House convince him to try to be this transformative president because no one knew how to read the room. The only reason he was president is because he wasn't Donald Trump. That's it. They didn't elect a guy for transformative change. They, they tried to elect a guy because they were told that things would settle down if they elected the adults in the room. Well, it turns out that Donald Trump was a better president. By every objective measure, was a better president than Joe Biden. And you can hate him. Fine. Hate him. I mean, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you voted against someone. You never really voted for someone. Right. I still, I never, during the campaign, I didn't see anybody. I didn't know anybody, and I run across a lot of people who are just thrilled about Joe Biden. Right. That Usually I heard, well, I hate Trump, you know. I'll vote for Biden. I hate Trump. Maybe, maybe we'll get back to some sort of normality. Yeah. You know, that was the other story. Like, well, I'm just tired of it all, man. I just can't. The chaos is you haven't even seen chaos yet. Right. I know. I bet a lot of people I mean, would love to go back and have that to, one. To, to, to that again. type of chaos. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but it, it, it is. It, anytime you have a president elected or anybody elected, when people are voting against them rather than for the opponent, yeah. well, you're going to have a problem long term. Yeah, I would much rather have $2.50 a gallon gas and mean tweets than whatever yeah. whatever the hell I mean, this uh, and administration I, and is. I'll admit it. A lot of stuff was crazy. A lot of times we were oh, yeah. like, hey, dude, don't do that, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, we have the update on the Indiana hero stopped a mass shooter. We'll get to that much more. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. This is Aaron Katursky, ABC News. Congratulations to KTSA on 100 years of service to San Antonio and South Texas. Innovation. Resilience. Agility. It's how Michigan businesses work together and continue to build the future. Our expertise, talented workforce, and collaborative environment are making a difference now and shaping the future. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio to put your plans in motion. That's michiganbusiness.org slash radio. How long does it take to tackle a home project? With Angie, you could cross it off your list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need, indoor or outdoor, repair or redesign, and we handle the rest, sending a top pro to get it done. You don't have to lift a finger, except to tap the screen or click the mouse. Plus, Angie is free to use. So bring us your next home project, and we'll bring it home. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com to get started. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-683-7713. That's 1-800-683-7733. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-683-7733. That's 1-800-683-7733. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. No one knows. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Thank you so much for being here. Um... Police have ID'd the man who stopped a mass shooter at that mall in Indiana. Uh, The story goes like this. This 20-year-old gunman murdered three people at Greenwood Park Mall, but was stopped by 22-year-old Eli Dickin, who was carrying a pistol thanks to Indiana's new permitless carry law. Dude tagged the gunman from 40 yards. Wow, whoa. That's a good shot, man. I was just asking you what kind of shot that is. That's a that's a tough shot to make from 40 yards. I mean, my friend was, Van Camp is quite the marksman. That's why I wondered. That's a, that's a that's a very good very good shot. Wow. Um so yeah, so uh, this young man was able to carry because of the permitless carry law and one of the interesting things that I've noticed is because it's it's you, it's unquestionable that 
this young man saved a lot of people's lives. Oh, yeah. Tragically, three people were killed. But it could have been so much worse if this guy wasn't there with a gun. And I see the, uh, what, IndyStar.com, local newspaper, right, uh, wrote this article saying, well, was he allowed uh, to, to, to carry in that mall? Because that oh, mall says sakes, you can't I... take a gun in there. Oh, man. And then there were okay. some, some other people in the media saying, well, how dare you call him a good Samaritan because he did have a gun. Like, is that really your takeaway? What, who hurt you? No kidding. How how is that your big takeaway? It's like this I dude, saw that. Yeah, this dude with a gun is walking through a mall, killing people, and another guy with a gun tags him from forty yards. That's an objectively good news story. Mm-hmm. The outcome, I should say, is a good. Well, news sure story it is. Yeah, that that he was able to put a stop to more senseless violence. And good how, guy stops bad guy. That's it. How is it possible? That you could still be upset at the dude who who took out the murderer. I I I just don't understand that. He said that uh, he learned how to shoot from his grandpa, and granddad taught me how. So yeah, mm-hmm. he's carrying his whatever pistol he had with him, and and yeah, was able to take down the shooter. That's that's what you want. That's why you carry. Nice going, dude. You know the idea that you would be able to take him out. Uh, his lawyer said they're not going to be making any on-the-record statements outside of the blanket statement that they made uh, just because there is a police investigation going on. They want to make sure uh, that every everything, you know, all the I's are dotted, T's are crossed, and whatnot. And, well, he is in Indianapolis, so yeah. there's a good chance that he'll be okay. Oh, yeah. I think um, If he was in New York, they already sent him to Rikers. No kidding. He would have been a Rikers. <laughs> yep. They'd say, well, how dare you murder the bad guy with the <laughs> That's gun? right. How dare yeah. you murder a guy who was going to murder other people or did murder other people? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's insanity, man. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. is now Angie, your home for everything home. With Angie, you could cross your next project off your to-do list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need and we'll handle the rest. Sending a top pro to get it done. Or browse reviews, compare quotes from pros, and connect instantly. All for free. For everything from routine maintenance to a dream remodel. Because however you want your project done, we'll get it done. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot to get started. How about we grab a picnic and hang out by the lake? How about we go for a walk? How about we play tennis? Looking for people who just want to do something fun? Find them on Our Time, the number one site made for singles over 50. It's easy to use and easy to find people who love doing the same things you do. From gardening to wine tasting to just going for a bike ride. Because even doing the simple things are better together. Start for free today on OurTime.com. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Thank you so much for being here. 
Uh, so, yes, we all know Joe Biden was begging the Saudis for oil, got no commitment for more oil, so he just made himself look like an even bigger jackass on the world stage. Oil prices went back up. We got nothing for it. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked what the point of the trip was if Joe didn't get any commitment from the Saudis when it comes to getting more oil on the market. And you know what, David? You know what I'd like right now? Okay. I would like a heaping helping of McGurkin stew. Would you? Okay. I really would. That, can, I, you, can you satisfy my need I, for that? I actually can. I got, oh, right. I got a fresh batch right here, Scott. Yummy. Let's Just ladle it out, baby. All right. Okay. But again, we have seen gas prices go down. In, in the past 34 straight days. Aren't they $2 go down. dollars a gallon higher than when you guys took office, though? For, first of all, we have to look at the imp- of how we got there, right? We, you think about the, the war that Russia has taken on in Ukraine, an unmitigated... Uh- the gas prices were going up before. Yeah. Before the war. Anyway. War and a war that is brutal uh, and that has had an effect on the price gases going up almost two dollars. We have talked about that endlessly. And also we are also in a once in a generation pandemic. So there are outside factors that has led to gas prices going up to uh, food, food prices going up to inflation uh, going up. So that is really important. What we have seen in the last 34 days is that gas prices have gone down uh, by 50 on average by 50 cents per gallon. That matters. That matters to teachers. That matters to firefighters. That matters to nurses. That matters to everyday people. And the president is going to continue to do the work to make sure the prices go down. Mm-hmm. Hey, you hear I, that? I know you had one tire blowout on you, but you got three working ones. Yeah. But... Right? That That's fine. What do you want? A little rockier of a ride, but hey. Don't, don't blame Biden. He just works here. Okay? <laughs> no, I see this new uh, survey from uh, Primerica. Uh, the reality of inflation and the possibility of a recession appear to be weighing heavily on middle-class households. Really? This was on uh, CNBC. Uh, among those whose incomes fall in the 30000 to $100,000 range, 75% say their earnings are falling behind the cost of living. 77% the U.S. will be in a recession by the end of the year. And there's also been a general uptick in financial worries in the last six months, with 39% of those surveyed expecting to be worse off financially in a year. And income, as we know, is not keeping up. You know, they keep talking about how wages are higher and, oh, my gosh, look, we saw a 5.1% increase in overall wages. That doesn't matter when inflation is running at 10%. It doesn't matter because you actually got a pay cut. You're losing money every single month even if on paper you're you think you're doing better based on your paycheck it doesn't matter i mean you're talking about years of income growth being wiped out in under two years under president biden Mm -hmm. you know if you got it if you got you know a two percent raise or a three percent raise or something like that and you've worked for that for years it's more than gone you're worse off now than you were i and it's just it's astounding to me that no. they're still trying to say, well, you know, now the a- national average uh, for a gallon of gas is four fifty, so you should be thanking us. No, I'm not thanking you. No, no, no. I I, I want two dollar and fifty cent uh, gallon gas uh, and mean tweets, please. I saw a meme the other day that said instead of build back better, why don't you just put things back the way they were? Yes. 
<laughs> Just leave it alone. Stop meddling. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, it, this is another thing that has been bothering me all day. Is <laughs> we know the identity now of the 22-year-old who took out the shooter at that mall uh, near Indianapolis. Uh and his name is Eli Dickin, uh, 22 years old, had a pistol, tagged the guy. They said it. initially the news report was 40 yards away. Got the shooter who walked into the mall and murdered three Which people. is pretty astounding, that's right? A, that's a good shot. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. really good shot. And the left still can't let that go. They're mad at him for carrying a gun in the mall. The guy who saved lives, undoubtedly saved lives, is somehow the villain right now. And now we go to the to the uh, cacklers on The View who just no, don't want no, to no. recognize that this guy did a good thing in taking out the trash at that mall. Uh, here's the conversa- or part of the conversation that the uh, cows on The View had. They say that a good guy with a gun can control a bad guy with a gun. Well, we saw in Uvalde that that's not true. And you saw it in Buffalo. Yes, we saw it yeah. in Buffalo. In, but we in, saw that in, it is true in, in Indiana. It was true in Indiana. Um, that was a lucky moment. And you know what? I feel like this. If you're a good guy with a gun, you should not object to background checks or uh, yes. or licensing or uh, you know a limitation on military-style weapons that mm-hmm. kill thousands at once or hundreds at once. So Thousands at once. What kind yeah. of ARs are you looking at? Uh, who knows? She doesn't know what she's no, talking about. No, they don't about. know. There's a lucky moment is what they say. No, the, the good guy with a gun scenario happens way more often than national media wants to admit. I mean, in Uvalde, there was no good guy with a gun. Right. That's the problem. It wasn't that's good the guys problem. with a gun. Yeah. It, was, it was cowards with guns. Guns, yeah. Who refused to go in and do their job. Yep. That is the exception here. I mean, there was it was... Not long after, or was it? No, I'm sorry. I think it was a little bit before, maybe, the Uvalde shooting. I don't remember now. There was a mass shooting that was prevented by a lady who had a concealed handgun. Yeah. Guy walks in, is about to start killing people. Nope, she got him. Happens every single day, and it's not necessarily a mass shooting situation, but it's a personal defense issue. It absolutely does happen, and they just can't wrap their minds around it because they're scared of what they call military-style assault rifles. That apparently, I don't know what kind of ARs they've, they've been around. Uh, you, you, you can't kill thousands of people at once with an AR. I, I promise you that. That's not a possible thing. Um, and then, of course, here is Sonny Hostin in to go after the guy who stopped the killer. Say, well, you know, he, maybe he broke the law by going in there with a gun. Um, but with this Good Samaritan thing, listen, I was trained when I was at the Justice Department in firearms, and I was trained in defensive firearm training. Mm-hmm. It is very hard to hit a moving target. It is hard for people that are trained to hit a moving target. It is very lucky um, that that Good Samaritan hit that moving target in, in, in that way. And he, wasn't, he had a gun permit, but he wasn't supposed to be in the mall with a gun. No, he didn't have a gun permit. And... Technically, I think with that mall, the story that I had read, at least, uh, he's going to be just fine legally. The trespassing thing is kind of like the uh, no shirt, no shoes, no service. So they he get- killed a guy who was shooting the place up. He killed the guy. The bad guy with the gun was shot dead by a good guy with a gun. You can spin that any way you want to about what's allowed in the mall and what isn't. 
Fact of the matter is, a lot of people are alive today because that guy was there with a gun. No matter how you feel about guns one way or another, how can you vilify this guy? He did the right thing. Damn, I'm tired of this. Yeah, there's a little bit more. The guy in the bodega fights off a guy, kills him, and he goes to Riker's, and we've seen the video. He gets arrested. Oh, I do. This is insanity. I do have good news on that. The bodega, if you don't, if you're not familiar with that story, uh, he's working at this corner store in New York. Uh, Lady comes in, tries to buy a bag of chips with her EBT card. It's declined, probably no money on it. Right. Uh, He says no, uh, you know, takes the bag of chips or whatever away from her. She stabs him a couple of times. This worker then goes goes and gets her boyfriend, who's an ex-con, who comes in and starts wailing on him. Well, the bodega owner or worker, I should say, is in his 60s, fights him off with a knife and kills the guy. And he's arrested and initially charged with murder. Murder charges as of today have been dropped against that uh, Jose Alba, the guy who is he who, home yet? Has he been released? Is he allowed? Yeah, to, I think he was, he was out already. Resume his life. Yeah, they had to lower his bail, He's, so he was already out. But, but the idea that it could even happen. No, the idea that you'd be even facing charges for something is that, amazing. Yeah, no, he he legally was in his rights uh, to defend himself in that situation. But you'll have these weirdos on the left saying, well, he, he, why do you get killed over a bag of chips? He didn't get, nobody got killed over a bag of chips. No. Nobody, it, the, the guy working at the bodega didn't just say, no, you can't have these chips. I'm going to go stab your boyfriend now. Nobody said that. That didn't happen. You know, what, that guy what, went behind the counter and started a, a altercation with this guy. Yeah. And the guy was defending himself against the violent attack that was taking place. Mm-hmm. End of story. Yeah. This guy walks in. A gunman is there shooting at people. He pulls out his pistol, aims, fires, hits him. And all of a sudden, now he's the one that's in trouble. We live in an insane world. Yeah, you're not allowed to defend yourself. No, you're not. That's... I mean... I've heard it said before. I mean, one of the one of the freaks jumps on your car. What do you do? Well, I know what I'm going to do. Oh yeah, I'm going to hit the gas. I'm going to hit the freaking gas. And if that guy gets thrown out of the car and is injured, that's not on me. That's on him. Yeah, or that that's how it should work. This is common sense stuff. Yeah. You're allowed to defend yourself and protect your property and your family and yourself against attacks. This guy didn't walk in with a gun and start saying, I'm going to shoot the first guy I see that I don't like. The bodega guy didn't want to stab somebody to death. He didn't have that in mind when he went to work that day. The situation was thrust upon him, and they did what anybody in in a similar situation with any sort of brain would do. And courage, I might add, because the guy was pretty damn courageous to do that. Yeah. Golly. And, And you wonder what's wrong? That's what's wrong. Yeah. It's this idea that criminals have more rights than yeah. everyday civilians. And I'm supposed to care about how this guy was brought up or raised and the opportunities he didn't have or whatever. Yeah. In that moment, I don't care. Nope. Doesn't matter. It's not like... Does a, it matter? It's not like, oh, wait, hold on. You're wailing on a 62-year-old bodega worker. Yeah. Hold on a second. Give me your life story before I know how to respond. Yeah. The, you know, nope. about the, the fact your parents didn't love you or whatever. Yep. Like, yeah, that sucks, but that doesn't give you the right to go no, and, you don't. and assault someone. No, you and don't. 
actions have consequences. Here. When you defund the police or you don't have enough police, people take it upon their own to defend themselves because they have to. Yeah. Got a news update on the way. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robin. Jamie Markley is out today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this breaking video, Scott. There was uh, yet another protest outside of the Supreme Court because, of course, I mean they're still yeah, screeching about Roe v. Wade instead yeah. of. You know, look if you if you want to try to uh, protect abortion, then work on a bill that can pass through Congress. They don't want to do that. They won't do that. No. Because, oh, it's better for fundraising. I had a conversation with somebody who's who's fairly apolitical, uh, and she was reading this new proposal that Democrats have put out. It's whatever, it's Protecting Women's Health Care Act, or I forget what the exact verbiage was. Mm-hmm. It's the pro-abortion thing. Right. And she uh, was asking me, Hey, can you explain what exactly this is? Because I, I've read a couple pages of it, and it's all just uh, seems like it's political statements about abortion. I was like, well, that's all it is. Well, will this pass? I said, no, it's not going to pass. It uh, doesn't have a chance. If it passed through the House, it's never going to make it through the Senate, period. Can't. Um, and it wasn't designed to make it through the Senate because liberals right now are focused on trying to make it look like they're doing something, but they're ra- or they would rather fundraise off of that effort than actually do something they think is right because they really don't have anything they're fighting for, period. Uh, and what happened outside the Supreme Court today, though, is that everybody's favorite socialist from New York, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, was led away by the police. It's hilarious, too, because you got one cop. <laughs> it's him. Uh, sorry, he's the police officer is between Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and another person. I'm not sure who this other woman is. Um, this other woman is being led by the arm. The officer has a hold of her elbow. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has both of her hands behind her back to try to make it look like she's handcuffed. Of course she does. She's not yeah. handcuffed. Everything's a photo op with her. Everything. <laughs> I mean, you're... And in case you recall, remember the white suit in front of the uh, border wall? Oh, yeah. No, in front her, of the cages. Or, yeah, in front of the cages with her cradling her head in her hand. Yeah. And, um, and there's nobody there. Right. Everything, everything about her is fake. Everything. Of course. The, the funniest part of the video that I'm watching on a loop right now is she's walking away and she's like smiling because, yeah, that's, this is the photo op, right? They, they right, want yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, but she forgets that she's pretending to be handcuffed for a moment and raises her fist up like, oh, I'm with yeah. you. I'm fighting Power. the good yeah. fight. Okay. Great. And then quickly puts her hand back down like, oh, crap, I'm supposed to look like I'm handcuffed right now. Not handcuffed. Uh, she and a few other lawmakers are apparently being uh, detained temporarily outside. Of course, you know, it's going to be like, 
They're going to come out with the sob story. The police officer almost beat me and was so scared. This is She what, was so scared, yes. This is what people of color have to deal with all the time. The police are rassing. <laughs> it doesn't feel safe. You're going right. to get it all. It yeah. doesn't feel safe, of course. Yeah, okay, Sandy Cortez. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> she puts her hands behind, so it looks like she's yeah, been handcuffed. That, that's yeah. what it is. So history will record that I was handcuffed oh, and led away yeah. from the You're Supreme Court. You're down with the cause. When I was fighting for the right to kill Spoiling babies mm, in yeah, the womb. Yeah. Yes. Not monstrous at all. Um, I saw the speaking of monstrous, the World Economic Forum, this is the thing. It's a group of uh, government elites, business elites that... Uh, are deciding humanity's fate essentially they they want to control what you do how you do it and when you do it uh they are backing this idea of putting space bubbles out in front of earth to block out the sun to stop climate change remember this uh, a while back mit researchers proposed this they would put something in space that would stop the sun from shining so brightly like, I, I'm pretty sure, I ain't no fancy MIT scientist, but I'm pretty sure that's an awful idea. Mm-hmm. Like, th- th- this is how you actually exterminate all life on the planet, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we block out the sun. What could go wrong, right? We'll Nothing figure out well, the details yeah. later. That mm-hmm. No no problem. we got to stop climate change now. <laughs> Better if everybody freezes to death. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Uh, biggest story of the day, of course, continues to be the economy, uh, with gas prices still uncomfortably high. And the White House saying, "Hey, well, we're saving you twenty-five bucks a month." Okay, that's right. I know that. I know that you have a new credit card that you're buying groceries with, and you're not going to be able to pay that off for years because, well, you just keep adding to it. Uh, but you're getting uh, savings of twenty-five dollars a month. I cannot believe that Joe Biden actually said that's breathing room for people. Oh yeah, twenty-five dollars. Is not nothing, but it's not breathing room. No. Remember when the no. uh, Trump tax cuts passed, and it was like the average person was going to save—I forget what it was—it was like eight hundred bucks or something yeah. like that, initially. And they said, "That's nothing. That's chump change." But be grateful for your twenty-five, 25 bucks. Twenty-five bucks. Okay. Here's Sixteen cents Golly. on Thanksgiving. I remember that one. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. He's out. Uh, he'll be back later on this week. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I don't know if you saw the news here. Uh, there was a little fire at the Hoover Dam. The initial. Oh, I saw that. On, um, how did that happen? Yeah, the initial social media account of it was wild. I mean, because you just see these dark black smoke. Yeah. Or this dark black smoke billowing up. Uh, local authorities are saying that there was a fire that was out or that was put out before firefighters actually got there uh, to the scene. Uh, my favorite response so far on social media, because that's where good things, you know, go to die, yes. was thankfully, thankfully the Hoover Dam is only experiencing mild symptoms and is grateful to have been vaccinated and boosted. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so 
I can't get over this video of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez being escorted away from a pro-abortion protest, yeah. pretending just, to be handcuffed. Yeah, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I just saw Cori Bush was out there, too, apparently. Oh, yeah. And she said, and today we put our bodies on the line. Okay, sure you She's did. These pe- I mean, that's the thing with these people, right? I mean, everything is so over the top. Good golly. We put our bodies on the line. Yes. Shut up. Just shut up. I Yeah, I, I cannot wait. Cause I, You're you ridiculous. Know, you know, uh... AOC is going to wind up on MSNBC probably later tonight talking with Chris Hayes or something. He's going to be like, tell me about your bravery. I'm still shaking. I'm shaking because for a lot of people in my community, the police are not here to help. And they were enforcing white supremacy on the Supreme Uh, Court. uh, (laughs) They want women to die. Uh, (laughs) Right, exactly. It's just their go-to stuff for everything, by the right. way. Oh, yeah. man, it's time for your big trifecta. You ready? All right. You yeah, ready? Let's go. Let's, let's rock and roll, it. man. Let's do it. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Where's right. Casey? Uh, Casey's gone. He 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 vacations with Markley. Oh, gosh, usually, dang it. usually we have Casey case him along for the ride, but he doesn't like me or something. We had words one time. I I, I, I just thought that they both couldn't be gone at the same time. That's all. <laughs> and we got a rule on this show, right? <laughs> right, exactly. No more than one is gone at the same that, time. That's yes. what it's supposed to be. But that's here right. We are. I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, number three in the trifecta, top three stories of the day with Scott Robbins. Bill De Blasio, once <laughs> one of the dumbest mayors in America. Oh. Oh my gosh, yes. He's dropping out of his race for Congress. Remember, he was going to be governor. Well, he was going to be president. Right. He ran for president. He ran for president for about two weeks. <laughs> then he wanted to be governor. Uh, then he wanted to be a congressman. The guy has no skill set. If, no. if he's not in office somewhere, he doesn't have a job doing anything. Well, he tweeted the, or sent this out in a statement. He said, it's clear the people of New York's 10 are looking for another option. I respect that. Time for me to leave electoral politics and focus on other ways to serve. Oh, boy. I'm really grateful for all the people I met, the stories I heard, and the many good souls who helped out. Thank you all. We'll speak again. Bill. This clown. It's actually. Don't help anybody out, okay? Stop. (laughs) Stop whatever you're thinking about doing. We don't need your help. It is. I, it is astounding to me that that guy actually wound up running New York City. It is amazing, isn't it? Because he is a, a nitwit. He is he's actually a, a stupid human. Yes. He's just not a smart guy. And and somehow he got elected. I still don't know how, but it happened. Remember when the, the COVID thing? Yeah. And he was the one outside without his mask after screaming at people about masking <laughs> right. and lockdowns and... Uh, He's the first hypocrite. I think he was the first one. He he. Uh, the glass ceiling was broken. The hypocritical he glass was, ceiling. Yeah, he was one of them. I mean, this guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just remember that video of him uh, promoting getting, I think it was the COVID vaccine, that yeah. he could get free Shake Shack. Oh, my and, gosh, yeah. And nothing against Shake Shack. They make fine no. burgers. But that guy made me never want to eat there again. And then he eats like he takes a bite yeah, of it while he's talking. Yeah, that's really good. Golly, he is. And you, you'll get a free burger. 
There you go. Oh, my gosh. Free cheeseburgers for a disease that disproportionately kills. Affects people who eat a lot of cheeseburgers. Yes. Obese people. Awesome. Yeah. Just a right. dumb guy. He's, I Very dumb. feel bad Very for dumb him. guy. Yes. It's got to be hard going through life that stupid. Uh, uh, and to be that successful, though, is really something. No kidding. Yeah, Talk you about pulled that one off somehow. Failing up. Uh, number two in the trifecta, Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. Update on the baby formula shortage. Yeah, we haven't talked about this for a long time. So whatever happened to the whole shortage, it was dominating the headlines. And I don't remember the last time we even talked about it on this show. Oh, we talked it's about been it last week, yeah. Nearly 30% of baby formula products are still out of stock. That's slightly better than the preceding week, but higher than the 23.7 a shortage rate that was observed in the third week of May when everybody was talking about yeah. it. So what the hell's going on here? The ongoing shortage of baby formula across the U.S. has become more acute in recent weeks. Another thing Joe's failing at. According to market research firms, 28.3% of powdered baby formula products are out of stock. Higher percentage, 23.7, reported out of stock for the week of May 22nd. So, again, it's gone up. So what's happening here? Well, again, some people are saying, and this may be true, that when it becomes available, people are buying a lot of it. Wow, really? Yeah, because they're who's freaked the, out that they'll be gone again. Who's the who's the genius who came up with the economic theory that scarcity makes people want to buy stuff? Yeah, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it does work that way. Yes, yeah. it does. Of course it does. Um, but, but anyway, so they're saying, well, yeah, but, but these stores have put limits on it. Do you know what these people are doing, these evil people are doing, David? Do you know what they're doing? What's that? They're going in and getting four. It's all they can get, or yeah. five, or whatever. Paying for it, going out to their car, and then their nephew runs in and gets four or five. Yeah. Comes out to the car. It's like sharing your Netflix password. <laughs> so that's what's going on, and a lot of people, we're trying to stop that from happening. Again, good luck with that. You, yeah. You've got people who are freaking out. They may never be able to get it again, or God knows how long it'll take to get it. That problem, another problem that the Biden administration is currently laser focused and working on. Oh, gosh. I wish they wouldn't. Because uh, <laughs> leave it alone. Every time yeah. they get laser focused on something, something else goes wrong. Bad things happen. It's just, it's President Magoo, man. It's terrible. Yeah, and you're, you're, you're importing it from other countries, and people are like, well, I don't know if I trust this or not, but okay. Yeah. You know, they're getting it. Who knows? Yeah, we're relying on foreign aid to feed our infants. That that's the state of America yeah, right now that, under Joe Biden. Man, when you put it like that, but yeah. it's absolutely true what you just said. But holy smokes, yeah. man! All right, number one in Scott Robbins trifecta <clears throat> top three stories of the day, according yeah. to you, Scott, former CNN host Chris Fredo Cuomo, who faked having the coronavirus, applied to be a firefighter and then withdrew his application because it, he found out it takes work to be a volunteer firefighter. Yeah, darn the luck. Chris Cuomo applied to be a volunteer firefighter with the East Hampton Fire Department, but he was forced to pull his application because, well, he determined after meeting with some of the fire officials that he was not able to uh, put in the time requested for the position. What's, so what else does he have going on? Cuomo balked at the time commitment part of the job. <laughs> It's a very time-consuming thing. There are monthly meetings and drills, <laughs> and you have to meet separate. Uh, you have to meet a percentage of calls. I can't do that. I'm Chris Cuomo. I got to hit the gym. I got to work my muscles. There's no guarantee I'll get that type of workout as a volunteer fireman, so I just simply can't do it. And David, back to your original point, what else does he have to do? 
He's unemployed right now. He has no job. Here's the thing. Blue-collar jobs, I guess you'd consider that a blue-collar job, require a certain skill set. You don't have one. No, that's true. I mean, his entire shtick was being able to read off of a teleprompter and look decent on camera. That's it. Everyone thinks... I'll play hero for a bit, but it sounds like it's too much work. That's hilarious. Really can't do it. This guy can't help but publicly humiliate himself. Over and over again. That's just what he's into, man, I guess. Man. I don't know what he's qualified for, I guess. I mean, outside of what he was doing, I don't know what it would be. And nobody wants to roll the dice on this guy right now. Nobody. Um, All right. Other news out there right now. Uh, Interesting admission from one Dr. Anthony Fauci. As he's talking about uh, his pending retirement, he, he keeps saying, yeah, I'll probably leave before 2025. No. Um, he says, we're in a pattern now. If somebody says you'll leave when we don't have COVID anymore, well, then I'll be 105. Politico said, well, that's a startling admission. You're saying that, uh, you know, COVID's going to be around for decades. Fauci says, I think we'll be living with this. Yeah, for quite some time. So he's so so his whole shtick, yeah. his entire job was to try to put an end to the pandemic, right? Like that's why right. he was kept on. That's why so many people listened to him. If we do this, we'll be able to get COVID under control. If we do that, we'll be able to get COVID under control. Well, that's Americans right. did this, did that, and now he's like, Oh yeah, by the way, uh, it's not going anywhere. Nope. Which I would remind you that between myself, you, Scott, and and Jamie we're just three idiots on the radio. We knew this more than two years ago. We talked about it exactly. yeah. verbatim. We're going to have to learn how to live with live this. with this. Yeah, your grandma killer. Oh, you're not following the science in the Church of Fauci. That's what they right. always this say. This whole we're not going to do. We're not going to resume normality until it's zero is ridiculous. Yeah, of course it is. It's not never going to happen. The, the I mean, look, the thing spreads like crazy, and it looks like we're getting less and less severe variants, and so that's the good news. Okay, yeah. it's basically a cold now. Yes. Okay, then let's move on. Look how many times this narrative has changed. Yeah. I mean, when, when you look back on the start of the pandemic, yeah. when everything was locked down and everybody was going to die, and the death ticker was on CNN every day rolling, Yeah. I mean... They scared the hell out of people. Oh, yeah. And then when the vaccine comes, hey, get the vaccine. If you get the vaccine, even even our president said that, you can do whatever you want. You're you're not going to pass it. You're not going to get it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people got the vaccine. And they were finding out, guess what? They get it. Yeah. So get a third one. Okay, we get a third one. Got it. Personally got it after that. So now what do we do? Well, we learn to live with it which is what we've been saying a long time. You lied to us. You told us this vaccine would be the cure-all, and it isn't. Now you've backpedaled and said, well, you still can get it, but your symptoms will be less. We think. That's the hypothesis we're throwing out there. Yeah. But get those little kids of yours vaccinated, too. (laughs) Well, what evidence do you have that works for them? Well... We really don't, but yeah. you do it anyway. Yeah, just trust us. Take our word yeah, for it. Yeah, t- no. d- because we not lied to you yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're very trustworthy people. We haven't yeah. lied to you. Too many lives have been ruined by trusting these people, and it's time for them to go. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, and even if you're the fiercest vaccinating, you know, propagandist, I mean, you have to look at the repercussions of what happened. 
and say to yourself, none of this should have happened. None of it. Yeah. We wrecked an economy. Wrecked it. It turned lives upside down. Took our children backwards in terms of their education. They're talking about doing it again this fall. Yeah. Hopefully not in the state you live in. It gets better. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robin. Jamie Markley is out today. All right, so uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a socialist representative out of New York, uh, was protesting, taking part in a pro-abortion protest outside of the Supreme Court and was escorted away from the protest because she was in the street or something by the police. And she pretended to have handcuffs on. Mm-hmm. Like she has her hands behind her back. And some of her defenders are saying, oh, well, that's what you're supposed to do when the cops are leading you away. Well, the other lady that was right next to her that was being led away didn't have her hands behind her back. Obviously, they wanted to give the impression that they were handcuffed. Or well, that AOC It adds one. to the story. It's a better right. story. Yeah. There's another part of that video that I missed earlier. So Ilhan Omar was also told to go over to this area that the cops were bringing some of these protesters to. As she's walking away, I kid you not, by herself, her hands are behind her back like she's handcuffed. She's pretending to be handcuffed. These people. Yeah, I know. Oh, my gosh, dude. It's all a performance. All of it. Yes. These people are sick. All because they want to be able to, what, abort babies on demand through nine months of pregnancy? It's just, it's it's all just Instagram. It's all just social media pictures, and I'm fighting the man, and I'm with you, and nonsense. You know, it's just acting. We can can write a new law that just says that you're not allowed to... Uh, I mean, they actually did it with Trump or Twitter did it for him. And so did Facebook. If you're an elected official, you cannot have access to a social media page that might improve politics dramatically. That's an interesting thing. I hadn't can't even thought of that before. I but no. Yeah. For the entire time you're in politics. Yeah. That's probably a terrible and illegal idea. But I mean, probably. But it's worth talking about. Yeah, anyway. my, Democrats yeah. should love it. All of their ideas are I'm terrible and illegal. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's that's worth having a national conversation over. Yeah, but meanwhile, let's just laugh at these people pretending to be handcuffed God. for a photo op. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to Nimrods in the news. When the going gets tough, damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right, Nimrod's in the news. We go to Connecticut. 25-year-old guy. He's at a family dollar store, New Haven, Connecticut. And uh, holds the door open for a couple of ladies. Those ladies walk through the door, and then they don't say thank you. And he got very upset, so upset, that he pulled a gun on her. Now, luckily, Holy he didn't. Smokes. <laughs> luckily, he didn't shoot anybody. He just pointed a gun at him and said, you should thank me. And then got away. He was arrested, of course, and he's facing charges. Also didn't have a permit for that gun, so that's going to be a problem. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.